Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Series, a month-long event celebrating the authors and narrators that bring romance stories to life. Listen along as Viviana, Enchantress of Books, interviews your favorite writers and voices, share special guest posts, and stay tuned for some special information at the conclusion of the episode. Hi, everyone. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with returning guest, author Amy Dawes. Welcome back, Amy. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me back. I'm, that means I must not have screwed up too bad last time. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. I loved our chat last year. We got to learn a lot about your process and, you know, the book covers, how, you know, how you select them and yeah. the audiobooks as well. So we're going to include the links to that interview for those that did not get a chance to listen to it within the post. And so today we're just catching up because it's been technically a year since we've yeah. all connected and sure. uh, a lot mm -hmm. happened in that year with audiobooks, especially yes. for you. Um, so what has been going on in your world lately with audiobooks? Uh, you know, just, I keep cranking them out. I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> I never can seem to manage to get an audiobook to release at the same time as my ebook. I just, I'm not that organized and, um, but it's been okay. Honestly, my, um, not my most recent release, but the release before that was Blindsided. And that's kind of a spinoff of my Harris Brothers series. That audiobook was like 10 weeks delayed. And I felt terrible about that. And I thought readers were going to be over it and not care about it anymore. But honestly, they, it, they're very patient. And I mean, they ask a lot, but like when it comes, they're still there. They're ready. They're waiting. And that's awesome. The audio listeners are, are ravenous and I love them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and from a listener perspective, we see that the ebooks are always available first. And I think part of it is too, they don't understand what the process is where you just upload the ebook the e and it's almost like approved and it may take the system a couple of days or hours sometimes to sink into it and, you know, show it up. Whereas the audiobook, there's more ticks and tacks that need to be, you know, checked off from exactly. their side. And that's why it takes much longer yeah. um, to get processed. So even if you are a planner, you know, things happen. And yeah. And, and a lot of it goes down to your narrator schedules too. I mm -hmm. think by the time I realized when I was going to be done with my book, see, like I'm unique in the sense that I don't really write to a deadline. I kind of like to keep my release date uh, quiet until I'm almost done with the book because then there's no pressure, you know, mm -hmm. Cause the last thing I ever want to do is, you know, have all this pressure and be rushing a book that's not ready, you know, just mm -hmm. because I already set my release date. So I usually wait, which makes scheduling with narrators ahead of time really difficult. Um, so usually I'm finishing the book and then I'm checking with narrators. Are you available? And sometimes they're not. And for me, it's, I'm willing to wait until mm -hmm. they are available rather than recast for somebody that is available because I want my first choice narrators, even at the expense of a delayed audio release. Yeah. And the listeners do appreciate that. I know that when we get used to, especially if it's a series or if it's a group of books that are technically standalone, but within the same world building, we love our narrators. And so yeah. having to have that consistency does help. Mm -hmm. So that is definitely something that I do appreciate when the authors are willing to wait. Yes. Especially when the narrators that you guys get are the really, you know, like, works totally for what your book is about. Yes. And yeah. I mean, Will Watt narrated Blindsided for me and he did mm -hmm. a Scottish accent and oh, he just nailed it. He nailed it. I love it. He nailed it. it so much. He's got this great James McAvoy, like Scottish 
tone. And I just, oh, I loved him and I loved Charlotte. And um, she had kind of a little Cornish West Country accent, you know, from England. And oh, I just, they did so good. So, I mean, while the delay was long, it was totally worth the wait. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And there's the other thing too, that we have other audiobooks that we can listen while we wait to yours. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. But I know, but in, spe- in reference to Blindsided, that was actually one of my favorites within that whole Harris Brothers series. I mean, they all awesome. have a favorites in, in for different reasons, yep. but to, the characters were just so lively and, yes. you know, you kind of could see yourself being friends with the heroines and you can kind of see, kind of hang out with, with the hero or, or your, you know, just doing whatever they were just really cool characters yes. how did you develop them because I know they're side characters in your main series but what made you go like oh they need their story yeah I mean they are they are super dynamic so you know Mac the hero is Scottish and redhead and tatted and this you know he just jumps off the page and then Freya she's also redheaded freckled real curvy um super quirky and so like both of them together it was just like you know fireworks because they just they're both very strong personalities Mm -hmm. and um you know I remember when I made Mac a secondary character in Payback he was like a teammate Mm -hmm. and it's you know to write a Scottish character as a secondary super easy you know because you just got to get through a few scenes with them you know they're not the whole book so um but when readers kept saying how much they wanted a Mac story, I was like, oh, I got to set it up. I got to do it. <laughs> um, I pretty much put myself in this situation. And, you know, I, I researched a lot to get that the Scottish, um, you know, slang and lingo down appropriately. But, um, yeah, I don't know, I guess. And Freya, she was a secondary as well. And it's always easy to write the cute plus size best friend who like makes all the jokes in the scene and is Mm -hmm. that moment of lightness. Um, And I guess, you know, all my secondaries end up getting books. I just can't not give them strong, unique personalities that you want to see a happily ever after for, you know? So yeah, it was really fun. They are, they are definitely two of my most memorable characters for sure. Yeah, I know I, I can relate a lot on, on the curvy side for Freya and um, the way that, you know, no, I can't wear that or no, I, could, I can't possibly do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just very refreshing to kind of see like, A, yeah, I'm not the only one that thinks that. And B, you had a scene in there that I'm going to, and I can't remember the exact phrasing, but it was all when all the ladies were having a drink and they were talking about their um, insecurities and that yes. voice inside and yep. they just started, they started, what was the phrase that they all said? Lying cunt. <laughs> yes, that one. It was like, yeah, it was just, I was like, oh my God, that is exactly what that is. That inner voice that says, no, you can't do this. No, you're, you're not able to do it. No, you're too big for that. You know, yep. it won't look good. And to hear, no, lying cunt. I'm like, oh yeah. I know. <laughs> I loved that scene. I remember when I wrote that. So it's, you know, all these women, they're kind of having a hen party and Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of explaining it for anybody that hasn't read the book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of this like moment where all these women revealed these vulnerable truths that they hear in their heads, you know, and it was just so fun and empowering to have each woman tell the other one, you know, that voice is a lying cunt <laughs> and you shouldn't <laughs> listen to her, you know, and it's so cool because it's such an ensemble cast at this point. It's all the women from my whole Harris Brothers series. Mm-hmm. And they've all come together, every book, they come together and they just grow closer and closer. So for each of these beautiful bombshell women that 
have had these great epic love stories already told to just, you know, have these, um, this, these admissions about their, their voices in their head that aren't necessarily positive. Mm -hmm. Um, it's cool. It's, you know, everybody, no matter what you look like or anything, you have that lying cunt voice in your head that tells you a, a lie that tells you you're not good enough for something and you are, and you know, it's, it's, it was a great scene to have all the women kind of empower each other. Yeah. And I think also too, is because we tend to think that if they are, what well, what we think is well put together, like they have the good life, like they're not stressing and look, they have kids and they have a career and they don't seem to be struggling at all. And they're a size two and mm -hmm. they're gorgeous. And then we all have our own insecurity. So to, for them to have voiced it, I think it's very brave. Yeah. It was fun. It was it really was fun. fun. I remember writing that and I was kind of nervous that I was going too over the top. You know, sometimes I mm -hmm. can picture things and it flowed so quickly. And I remember I was anxious for my PA who kind of reads as I write to just kind of have someone to bounce stuff off of. Mm -hmm. I remember I was ready for her to read it. Cause I was like, did I go too far? Is this too much? Like too over the top, too cheesy. And she's like, do not change a word. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's like everything I think about myself and mm -hmm. I relate to it. And so I was like, Oh good. I, you know, I hit the right notes. So yeah, that was a fun scene. It was very fun. Um, you mentioned about how all the characters kind of get together. I, one of the reasons why I think we fall in love with these side characters is because we keep seeing them over and over again. And you did a phenomenal job in that series of giving us an update here and there of what those, you know, the Harrisburgs are up to, where the kids are at. And, you know, as part of the interweaving of the main arc for that individual couple, yes. how oh. do you keep track of all that? <laughs> Oh my gosh. That is like, that is literally the hardest part of writing Harris world books now because so there's the Harris brothers are five books. Then the sister has a book. And now I've got two secondaries that have books and everybody wants updates all this on every book of the Harris family. So, oh my gosh, when they're all together, it's a nightmare. And luckily I do have good editors where once in a while I'll, I'll send, I'll, they'll be editing one of my dinner scenes and they'll be like, Hey, we never heard from Booker and Poppy in this whole scene. And that's the thing about ensemble cast and stuff. You got to have, everybody needs to be heard from in a scene or why are they there? You know? Mm -hmm. So it's just so funny to have to incorporate all of them all the time. <laughs> it's not easy, but I love it too. Like I remember when I was struggling writing one time, with uh, a different book and I sat down and I instead wrote a Harris family dinner and it just felt like breathing. You know, it's like, I can hear everybody's voices so clearly. They've all become so real to me. So, um, it's hard, but it's worth it because those scenes are just, oh, I can picture them and I love it. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it makes it easier to write too, because these are, um, the Harris brothers are unique. Yeah. <laughs> they have very interesting dynamics with each other. There's a twin set and they have older and younger dynamics, the middle kid, but they're also very, all very strong personalities. Yeah. Right. You know, when I hear the author say stuff like, oh yeah, they were talking in my head. I can only imagine them trying to get your attention. Yeah. <laughs> they do. They really do. <laughs> and it's crazy how their voices have stayed consistent with me through every single book I've written. Like, I don't know. To me, I would have thought I'd have had to remind myself what Tanner sounds like or what Camden sounds like, but I, I don't, I literally have their voices as a part of my brain now. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's crazy and it was accidental and I don't even know how to replicate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that it's, um, the really good stories tend to be when it's authentic and it just, you know, kind of flows versus you having to push it. 
yes, and, and force it. So that's right. I know that when we last talked, um, you were in the process of, I think, either casting or you had just ca uh, cast Payback, which is... Oh, yeah. And it was also a multicast for you too. Yes, multicast. That was exciting. Um, yeah, I got four narrators on that one. Uh, Will Watt and Charlotte Cole came in and did all my Harris Brother voices like usual. But then, you know, my hero in Payback was a South African. And I just thought I really wanted somebody different for that voice. Um, and so I cast uh, Aaron Shedlock. And then um, Aaron Mallon came in and did my heroine. So it was, it was great. It was fun. The reviews on that audiobook are incredible. Yeah, I'm not used to hearing like a South African, but it's been coming up more. And also in the conversations when I asked the narrators of all the difficult, uh, you know, of all the accents that they do, which is the most difficult, South African tends to be one of them. Yeah, um. <laughs> yeah it is. Not all of them will even try it either. You know, yeah. so I was lucky Aaron was game. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you consider when it comes down to writing your stories in you know, the, the world that you've created is at the end of the day, you have to cast for your audiobook. Yeah. Uh, is that something that you look into taking into consideration as far as where these characters are from? Or is it just one of those, like, that's what they're telling you they're from and that's it? Yeah, pretty much. That's what they're telling me. Because honestly, <laughs> I didn't even think about having to cast this. Well, I see, I had made my South African character a secondary. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I ever planned to write his book for sure. Um, I just thought it would be interesting in as secondary, you know, but then eventually I need to realize every secondary is going to get a book. Um, <laughs> so no, I think, I think it's more, I let the story and the characters be whatever they're going to be. And I'll, I can figure out the audiobook. Like there's mm -hmm. no audiobook situation I can't figure out, you know, mm -hmm. um, it might take some digging and some, you know, more auditions or something or talking to people to find the right voice. But I think, I think there's enough talented narrators out there that there's a voice for everybody yeah that's true and if not I know that there's a lot of them that are willing to learn yes so. <laughs> yes exactly that's good so yeah I was excited because when we were talking about it that's when you were sharing all the info and then it finally came out and I was like oh wow because it was the first multicast that I've heard of yours usually mm -hmm. you do dual um or duet style depending on the book so that yep. was definitely yeah. something did you yep. go through anything from a process from a hiring perspective or the writing itself being do um being a multicast versus your traditional style of writing? Um, nope. I mean, my books writing wise are always a little heavy on dialogue and banter. That's just how I naturally write, which lends itself really well to audio. Um, and Will Watt has done some multicast and duet production. So he was kind of the producer of the project. Mm -hmm. And I knew he would be able to kind of guide the ship. Um, technically and get everybody where they needed to be and their, the quality of their sound where it needed to be. So, I mean, really it was, it was all will. <laughs> he was a huge help. <laughs> yeah. That's always good to have someone that can guide that process. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I know that recently you had the release of One Moment, Please. Yes. Prize pregnancy standalone. I know. So this is in my wait with me world, which is so mm -hmm. different. And those audiobooks are always dual. I just, mm -hmm. I did that because I'd only done duet when I first started writing Harris Brothers. And I wanted to kind of expand my audience because duet isn't for everybody. Some people prefer dual or single. Um, so I thought, you know, I'll cast the wait with me books as dual. And um, those are set in America. So I got like Aaron Mallon and Teddy Hamilton on board for all of those books. And they did a fabulous job with One Moment, Please. It's, you know, Teddy especially surprised me because Dr. Dick is his nickname. 
His name is Dr. Josh Richardson in the book, but you know, he's such an asshole. We call him Dr. Dick. And so I, I love Teddy's voice, but he has the best friend voice or the guy next door voice, the sweet mm-hmm. guy, you know, laid back chill. But I, I, I was like, I, I want to keep the narrators consistent in the series. And I knew he'd do a great job with Dr. Dick, but I didn't realize he would, it would be my favorite performance. Um, I was so impressed with his voice um, and how he interpreted Dr. Dick and gave him this harshness, but also this vulnerability. And, oh, he really moved me. And Aaron Mallon, I mean, that Wait With Me world is such a rom-com world mm-hmm. and it's so light and fun and you know, youthful, but edgy. And Erin, that's just her sweet spot. Like she could read those books all the time. And I think with very little effort, I mean, I'm sure she puts a lot of effort into it, but it sounds effortless. And mm-hmm. I love her as all my heroines in that series. Yeah. I, I like the, that world as far as the characters are, they're very fun and the banter that they have with, with each other as the friends and or their significant others. Yeah. It's really fun. Um, did you get to go to a lot of the tire, tire, tires to write these stories still? Or is that- I did. You know, not, I haven't been there lately because of the social distancing. I've been kind of staying at home. But um, yeah, I've written tons of those scenes at Tires, Tires, Tires. I still go in there to write all the time when, you know, the world's not having pandemics and stuff. <laughs> um, no, but I really, I love Tires, Tires, Tires and writing there. And um, just to think that, you know, that whole series like was inspired by me sneaking into that tire shop to write. It's just so cool. And now they're going to make a movie out of it. Passion Flicks optioned it for film. So that's insane to even imagine. I just still can't even picture it. So I need it to happen so that I can like (laughs) have this image uh, be a reality. Yeah. So I was, yeah, that's something I was going to bring up was that Passion Flicks has picked up. Is it just the one book or they're picking up more or less the whole series, depending on how? So far, my contract is only with for Wait With Me, the tire shop one, the first one. So um, I will say, though, the readers in the Passion Flicks world, you know, the founding members of yeah. the Passion Flicks group are loving the series. So I would love it if they pick them all up. <laughs> I think it would be awesome, but we'll see. I think there's, you know, it's, it's tricky for them to cast multiple books because then now whoever they cast as the secondaries in the first movie need, need to, be, to be available to be the stars of the second movie. So it, it doesn't make casting trickier because then yeah. if you have to recast, I think, you know, viewers are a little disappointed. So I, there's yeah. a lot that goes into film, a lot that I don't even know yet, you know? So it's, we barely just scratched the surface of, of the whole thing. Yeah. No, I know that it happens with the narrators where, if they get switched for somebody new, um, yeah, <laughs> we get exactly. a little shocked and some of us don't, are not happy. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I'm okay with the changing of things up if they're different couples, mm-hmm. not if there's the same couple that has a bigger arc. So it goes over different books or spans right. over different books. If they're totally. different couples, I'm okay. But, mm-hmm. um, but so for this passion flicks deal, how in, have they told you or share with you how involved you're going to be able to be or not a whole lot. I mean, I kind of signed the contract and then the world decided to <laughs> to implode. Um, so I think they're sort of dealing with, you know, being on hold with their productions that are currently yeah. filming. Um, they did say that what they'll do is usually they write the screenplay and they write it way too long and they ask me to go in and shorten it. 
Um, so it, they say it's easier for me to cut than them. So I was like, oh, okay, I kind of get that. So I think I'll be somewhat involved in the screenplay, but how mm-hmm. much I don't know yet. I'm not putting any pressure on them at this point because they're course, going through yeah. their yeah, schedules. Yeah. No, for sure. I know that it's, I'm a founding member of the, the Passion Flicks because the idea of having the books that we love yeah, on the TV is fantastic. I know. And right? yeah, no, it's great. And they've done a really good job with portraying the, you know, because you know how it is. We we listen to the, or buy or read the book, and then we see the movie, and we're like the book was better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's always going to be the truth at the end of the day. But they have done such a phenomenal job with trying to be as authentic to the book as possible. That yeah, so I'm excited to see how Wait With Me comes out. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. So another thing that you did recently that um, that was with Erin Mallon involved was um, her play oh, called yes. If These Walls Could Talk. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. So fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what did you tell the audience what uh, all this is about? And I can go in there and jump into it if I need to. Yeah. Well, obviously, Erin Mallon is an amazing narrator. And she. many people don't know that she's also a very talented um, playwright playwriter. Uh, she wrote this hilarious play called If These Walls Could Talk, and it's kind of a love story to um, audio romance world. And so it's it's this great play that's about, you know, a married couple who are kind of having some fatigue in their marriage, and the wife listens to steamy audiobooks. And so she's more into these audiobooks than she is her own husband. And you know, they need to spice up their love life a little bit. And um, then you kind of switch scenes and you actually see the the creation of these audiobooks the woman's listening to. And so you get a little bit of a glimpse of behind the scenes recording world and then a married. Uh, it's just this great, hilarious play. Like when I read it, I laughed so hard. But anyways, Aaron contacted me out of the blue and was like, hey, I'm, I wrote this play about audiobooks. It's a comedy. And there's a a character in here who's an author, a romance author. And I thought it would be really fun to cast an actual author to play this role. Would you be interested? I was like, yes. She's like, cool. I want to do a Zoom recording of us sort of just reading the play and kind of acting as we read it um, and, you know, post it for the audio lovers in oral fixation Facebook group. And I was like, I am so in, this sounds so much fun. And my love interest was the, um, the, the engineer, the sound engineer, and it was Teddy Hamilton. (laughs) So uh, we had such a blast. Oh my God. They are all so talented. It's not just their voices that's talented. They are like true actors. And Mm -hmm. I was just so excited to be a small part of it. Yeah, your character theme was Georgia, who was yes. a romance um, author that actually doesn't believe that people can actually be in love. Yes, it, right. Yeah, because yeah, it's... Go ahead. No, yeah, she's, she was an interesting character, very, like, amazing, incredible, fictional romance author, but she doesn't believe that kind of love happens in real life. So she's kind of hard-edged, but she's self-sustained. She's got everything she needs, but she's still like wants a little action on the side with that engineer. And it was so fun. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's, um, I think one of the lines was when the husband, who's one of the main characters is at a coffee shop and Mm -hmm. the conversation between the husband and Georgia occurs. And that conversation comes up about the love. And he's like, but aren't you like a romance author? You know, you write romance. And the line was something like, yeah, that's right. I mean, I write fiction. 
Yes. Yes. (laughs) Which is very true. I mean, you know, there's a lot of authors that write these great sweeping love stories, but our real lives are not nearly that exciting. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's just a little, this is why we love romance. So it's the escape. It's the fantasy. It's the what if, or it kind of makes you want to try to try more in your, your own life. So yeah, I mean, it was, it was an interesting character and it made a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Was that your first time performing that way as far as acting? Um, yeah. I mean, I acted in high school, you know, I was in musicals and plays in high school, but that was just for fun. You know, obviously it wasn't, and I was young and I, you know, was trying to be cool. So I'm sure I didn't even put forth all my effort, but, um, yeah. So I guess I have a little experience if you call high school theater (laughs) experience, but it was, it was definitely, I felt like I was sitting amongst professionals though. Like they were legit performers and I was just here to play. <laughs> it was fantastic from a audience perspective to see, you know, we love the, the audiobooks, but we don't get to see them perform. So we don't even know unless they tell us that they have to sit very still because of the noises and all that fun stuff. But to kind of see how Shane talks with his hands and how Teddy gets really animated, you know, and, yep. and even Andy who, can sounds like she's running around or or she's um laughing hysterically she's still very professional and well kept in there and I'm like wow it was so cool to see that from you know from you guys and yes I noticed that Andy is very self-contained you know she really you know I was like laughing my butt off the whole time you could tell I was the giggliest (laughs) but that it's just fun it's fun to see everybody's personalities Mm-hmm. No, yeah, Teddy was laughing a lot too. So yeah, yeah. He was. <laughs> well, it was fun, and it literally was an ode, like a love letter to audiobooks. They were talking about the different tropes, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how Aaron weaved stuff together because that couple, she listens to this author's books. Yes, and and the, the she gets to meet the narrator. That's one of the the hot players in the game, and it's just really interesting how all that worked out. Yeah, and nowadays we kind of get to have these conversations with you guys. Yes. You know, definitely. and hopefully more activities after this whole craziness stops. Um, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, so what do you have coming up next? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, so I released the third book in the Wait With Me series. Loved it. Dr. Dick and Lindsay are doing great and everyone's loving them. And it seems like everybody always wants... I love to ask my readers what they want next. And everybody always wants the one before, you know, like they want what they just read the next book in that series. So I think I'm going to do Dean's story. He was um, a strong secondary and wait with me next in line and one moment, please. So, but my, my thing is I only have very light ideas for Dean, which is kind of fun because um, I just need to sit back and brainstorm and see where his character takes me. Cause yeah, I just have very light ideas at this point. And, you know, with One Moment, Please, it was a surprise pregnancy book. Um, and that really was a big trope to really guide the, the story along. And so with Dean, I'm a little bit more wide open. So I got to I gotta see where he wants to take me. <laughs> so do you really just kind of like see what hits you as far as like a writing schedule? Or do you have stuff like ideas or like this is might be the next couple or might be the next hero? Yeah, I mean, I try when I'm writing the books, I usually know that the secondaries are probably going to get a book. And I might like to tease a little 
something for what could happen in their book, but I don't like to do too much because I don't want to paint myself into a corner. You know, I've done that before where I'm like, oh, I said this about them and now I actually have to write it and I don't want to write it, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I try not to say too much so that I still have lots of creative freedom when I'm inspired to write. Uh, but I don't do a lot of plotting. Um, I usually just kind of have some ideas percolating in my head for them. And then I sit down and start talking it out, usually with my assistant or one of my brainstorm buddies, Jen. Um, and, you know, we kind of go from there. And I really like to write around tropes because, I don't know, something about tropes makes the story so much easier to follow and clear. And, you know, you can latch on to the idea because it seems like when there's not a trope, it feels like a little bit of like swimming in the dark and, you know, you don't know like where it's going to go, which is exciting in some ways. But uh, in other ways, I really like to write to tropes. I just don't have a trope in mind for him yet. So um, once I do, that'll really kind of steer the direction of the story. Yes. The uh, Wait With Me, which is the first book, has um, the character that is an author, similar yes. to you, and goes yep. into a tire shop, similar to you. Yep. Um, <laughs> A lot of things that aren't similar to me, though, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yes. All that hot stuff that happened to her, I'm afraid that did not happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, to me, it's always funny to kind of like relate to things that are not the traditional. So, in, so she's the author in the first book, The Friends, and in One Minute, Please, the, um, the heroine is friends with the author, and apparently it's one of the condoms that they use, and I'm not spoiling anything because I think that you used it um, for what one of the graphic teasers. Yeah, and it happens super early in the book, so I never call those spoilers. Yeah. So the funny thing to me is that when it comes down to authors, we always think swag. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I probably scared people. Yeah, so basically, like, from Kate is the author in Wait With Me, and by the time Lindsay, her best friend Lindsay's story comes up in one moment, please, she wants to have sex with this hot doctor who she's kind of hates but kind of wants to have sex with and it's this like passionate surprising night and they can't find a condom but then she remembers she has this old book swag condom of her author friend Kate's in her purse so she digs it out and she doesn't know how old it is or how long it's been in there but they use it and it doesn't work obviously because it's a surprise pregnancy story. And so um, it's kind of funny. Now I think I made all these readers who have picked up book swag condoms from authors at signings, <laughs> like look at these condoms and be like, Oh, I better not yeah. use this. You know, yeah. but I don't think many of them are using them for protection. <laughs> I think they're using them as a collector's item. At least I hope. Yes. Yes. And I'm sure there's lots of, very effective book swag condoms out there. But for the purpose of my romantic comedy, it was a faulty, <laughs> a faulty design. Well, it, it's, it's funny because for those that do go to these events and do get the, the swag, it's, it's a pretty big, you know, net that you're casting out there of potential things you can get from anything from the basic pens and, you know, magnets and bookmarkers to, you know, um, <laughs> there's been some where there's been penises um, <laughs> yep, yep. and everything that you can think of from chapsticks to lipsticks to um, even the, the narrators that went to the RT convention a few years ago, they did little individual pockets and some of them had lube um, with, their, <laughs> <laughs> with their sticker. And it's just some of these things you're going, this is kind of cool from a collector's item, but I have a box of swag. So the idea of having to, Oh my God, I need 
fill in the blank, I'm like, oh, I have it in my swag box. And I think it was one of those running, like a little bit of a running joke lately because of um, the world that we're living in, the hand sanitizers. Yes. That yes. is actually an item that you guys have used in one moment or another as a swag. <laughs> so people are yep. digging through their boxes. I, I am with you there that I probably would not use a condom though. Yes, yes. Yeah, I don't know and, how old that was. <laughs> and the hand sanitizer, you better check the expiration date yes. on that too. Because, you know, sure. yeah. that also expires. Mm -hmm. No, that's for real. Um, definitely makes you think about your swag a little differently, right? <laughs> yes, it does. It does. <laughs> um, your writing process, you know, for this series, when you shared, was about going to the, the tire store. And mm -hmm. now with the world that we're living in, how's, has, how has that shifted? I mean, the, your, your daughter's home all the time. Yes. And you guys have a new puppy. Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm anxious about what the writing process is. I'm very, very lucky that when the coronavirus pandemic really hit, um, I had already finished One Moment, Please. And it was in the editing process, which is usually not too painful for me. Um, so I felt super lucky because that really, this pandemic has really taken a hit on a lot of creative brains. You know, mm -hmm. it's just so hard to want to sit down and like be creative and, you know, write this happy go lucky story when the state of the world is in such an uncertain place, you know? So I, I, I just felt so glad that I'd already finished that book. And, um, but you know, I also, now that I'm done with it and it's released, I think we're still social distancing. Now is the time for me to write another book because, you know, waiting won't get me anywhere. And like when the world opens back up and we all start going places again, then I won't want to be writing, you know? <laughs> so I'm really going to try hard. But again, my daughter, as you said, my daughter's home. She's seven turning eight on Wednesday. Yeah. And my husband's now working from home. He's, his office is in the bedroom and we decided like we didn't have enough change happening in our lives. So we got a little puppy and his name is Trip. And um, my daughter named him because he's always tripping us under our feet. He like yes. sneaks up with this little soft paws and we don't even hear him and we nearly collapse. And mm -hmm. um, so it will be very interesting if I get this book written. <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm going to try because dang it, it'd be nice to have something else done before, you know, we can all kind of leave our homes and get out in the world again. So we'll see. Yeah. Maybe the hero will have a, a, a puppy named Trip. Yes. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what I need. Just, you know, no. write real life and then it'll flow. <laughs> yeah. Puppies are great. They can definitely be a great companion, but their puppy so it's like having an, another baby in the house <laughs> oh it, it is and you you trick yourself and you forget and you yes. pretend it wasn't that bad last time you did it and then you get the dog and you're like oh wait it was this bad yes oh gosh he's he's sweet though and my daughter loves him yeah no I we um again one of the things that we love about you is how you share yourself and, and your family with us as your your readers and your listeners and it was so cute such a little fluffy ball mm -hmm. and it's so sweet to see your daughter with him and she gets this look in her eyes when she's you know looking at him it's like yes. oh you my god it is so it is so sweet she's constantly picking him up constantly the poor dog's not going to know how to walk and <laughs> and she's got this new voice i'd never heard in her before where she's just like Oh, Trip! I just gotta pick you up. I can't help myself. You're just too cute. You just and it's like I've never heard her really do like baby voice mm -hmm. to an animal. So, oh my gosh, it's such a treat. It's such a new side to her, and 
I, we're loving it. Yeah. You know, but that thing about being picked up all the time, I will, I will tell you that, that unfortunately that does happen. I yeah. had a, gotten a, a new puppy in September and he was just so cute. <laughs> and, you know, you just had to pick him up and just walk all over the place with him. Yeah. And he would walk around and stuff, but heaven forbid I try to put him on a leash. It, oh, you know, God. It was a few minutes of walking and then he's like, nope, I'm done. <laughs> and I'm going, yeah. come on. And like, mm-mm. <laughs> I'm I'm actually surprised he's doing well with the leash. Uh, I, I'm surprised with that. Um, he's the kennel is still a little bit of an issue. We're crate training, and he'll he'll go in there, but it's like four hours. Every four hours, he needs to go out or mm-hmm. get up, and it's tiring. We'd like him to sleep in a little more. <laughs> How old is he now? Oh, what is he? Ten weeks now, I think. Yeah, he'll sleep a little more in another two more weeks. Okay, good. I'm yeah. ready. I'm yeah. ready. <laughs> it's that uh, whining that that right. You're yes. Going, oh, and you got to get up because he's probably got to go potty, and then he yeah. doesn't have to necessarily go too bad. Now he wants up and he wants to play, and it's like mm-hmm. no yep, bedtime, he, or he wants to hang out with you because he's lonely. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember, like I said, back in September, um, I made the mistake of getting a bigger crate. Oh yeah, sure. Because I wanted him to make sure that he had room, but he was yep. having accidents in the crate. And I just didn't, again, I've had dogs before and it just didn't dawn on me. And we have been taking some classes um, for him and puppy training over at uh, PetSmart. And so I asked the trainer, uh, you know, I'm like, listen, he, you know, he goes and does things where he's supposed to when he's outside, but in the crate, he's not holding it. And that's when they asked me like, how big is it? And I'm like, what's well, pretty big? And they're like, well, that's the problem. Yeah. You know, he's not going to have accidents in a place where he has to sleep. Yeah. So, I've know. heard. Yep. I was told that too. And I'm actually highly impressed. He's not had one accident in there. That's awesome. I know. It's now things. that I said that out loud, he's totally going to pee. Yeah. He's going to be like, what'd you say? Mom? I, just, <laughs> I just jinxed myself. Why? <laughs> no, puppies are great. They're definitely, uh, they're fun. Yeah. <laughs> I have thought, so I wouldn't know. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly true. Yes. Yeah. And don't kid yourself. Just because you have one, it does the whole like, oh, one more. What would it, you know, no big deal. No, yes, yeah, a big deal. <laughs> oh, yeah. We are, we are single dog owners. We had our mm-hmm. last dog by himself forever. And I, that's plenty. I don't mm-hmm. need another. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, well, one of the things I'd like to do with my um, guest is play a little game. Okay. So um, we have a would you rather. So okay. if you're good, we can get that, that started. Yes, let's do it. Okay. Would you rather always be 10 minutes late or 20 minutes early? Uh, probably late. I mean, it's not a matter of would I rather, but what's more likely, uh, <laughs> it's going to be late, I'm afraid. <laughs> At least we're honest. Yep. Would you rather be able to teleport anywhere or be able to read minds? Teleport anywhere. Would you rather never have to clean a bathroom ever again or have to do dishes again? Oh, mm, dishes. I really hate getting my hands wet. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> you're actually maybe of, of 15 people I've asked, I think you're the first one that says dishes. Yeah. Well, it's would you rather never clean a bathroom again or never do dishes? Yeah, it's never do dishes. I really, I could clean bathrooms. I, I hate washing dishes. <laughs> Would you rather be able to control fire or water? Fire. Would you rather have no taste buds or be colorblind? Probably colorblind. Would you rather be invisible or be fast? 
fast. <laughs> Would you rather always be hot or always be cold? Uh, hot. I, I have trouble staying warm as it is. So like, uh, I, yeah, I'd rather always be hot for sure. <laughs> I always say I'd rather be cold because I can always put clothes on. I can't take clothes off. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Last one. Would you rather have a personal chef or a personal masseuse? Personal chef. <laughs> I got my husband to be my masseuse, you know, so that's you know, true. <laughs> I can make him, I can make him rub my shoulders while the chef's cooking. I got everything then. Let's see, see how you plan things out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were, you were the, uh, I think yeah, it was you that was mentioning how your coworker quote unquote keeps taking all the coffee, right? Yes. Oh, has that situation you? with your coworker gotten any better? Yeah, my, my life is just a mess right now. No, I mean, my husband, <laughs> yeah, it's so different. You know, I used to know exactly how much coffee to make for myself every day. And, mm -hmm. you know, it was quiet and I could watch TV and no one knew because they were all <laughs> at work or at home. Now I don't get to watch any secret TV. I like my husband's drinking all the coffee. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. And we're kind of like a circus around here because like I, I was doing this Zoom video chat meeting and it was also a podcast, but with video and the puppy broke loose from my daughter who was supposed to be watching him and keeping quiet. And I have French doors in my office <laughs> and somehow the dog had pushed them open and he was like nipping at my feet like crazy while I'm on video. And then next thing I know, I hear this like tapping on the tile floor and I look backwards and my husband, my husband's on his hands and knees with the dog bone trying to get the puppy's attention <laughs> to like come out of the office and him. It's just, and my daughter's next to him and we're just like such a mess. And oh, it was so funny. So funny working from home with your whole family. Oh, it's, it has its drawbacks, but it also has its moments of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's definitely different. And I know that we kind of see that was it about a year ago, almost, almost two, I think with that video of the father doing a news report and having your daughter just walk on in and I'm like well and people were like oh my god how do you not tell your your family now everybody's like no we understand yeah oh it's so <laughs> true and how privileged are we that we can do this you know yes. I feel so lucky that my work is done from home already and my husband was able to work from home and you know homeschooling our daughter is so much easier than the people who have tons of kids or multiple kids and like that's a lot of work and I'm, I feel lucky and privileged, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I know that we also appreciate you providing us with lots of things to listen to. Yeah. Um, so thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> That's one thing I did want to say, Amy, was thank you so much for your support and your loving, gentle push um, <laughs> that you provided me with them um, to do the podcast. I know that when we talked last year, you, you know, you, told me how you had such a great time and that that was something that you know I should consider and I was like I don't know and you're like girl you got this <laughs> <laughs> well it was easy you were one of my easiest interviews ever it happened again today you're truly a natural and I hope it's I hope it's been fun for you it, it's been a blast it, it's a lot of work because I do all yes. that. It, it's amazing how the stuff behind the scenes you don't really realize mm -hmm. um but it's been really fun and I've gotten the chance to to hang out with you guys a lot more often and I've partnered up with Shane who is fantastic and it's all this fun stuff that um I am very thankful and grateful that you took the time to tell me that you know this was a good idea 
So I'm, yeah. <laughs> it was it was all you, man. You're yeah. you're amazing. I'm happy for you. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for returning as my guest for this year's audiobook loving. Yes. Thank you for having me again. Thank you for joining us in the Audiobook Lovin' series, hosted by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. We hope you have enjoyed this episode, as well as the series. We've included audio samples of our guests' work within the post for you to check out. Please make sure to visit the main page, link within the post, to learn more about the series, the authors, and the narrators. Please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to the series if you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to follow us on our social media platforms, and subscribe to the Viviana Enchantress of Books newsletter. Until next time, happy listening. Audiobook Lovin' hopes you've enjoyed this program. 